0: What's he doing with the belt again? It's got it's just got problems, mate. He just buys he buys things. Is this because, video? Is this video is this podcast video as well? Uh it what the video probably won't go out, but okay. we, we'll probably screenshot it with this and just put this out as maybe just a picture of, of the episode because it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um Welcome. This is notorious POD. This is episode thirty-seven. I'm your host, Big John Bass. It's another hip hop forum episode, which normally means that I'm joined by uh, Thelonious Filth. Um mm-hmm. He's not here. We won't go into reasons why. Um, but we've had to. We've had to get a last-minute substitute. So off the bench, in true Jermaine Defoe fashion, super sub himself. My friend, Flav.
1: Hello. Like, how are how you doing? doing? I'm good. I'm really good. Um, I'm. I. T is like an encyclopedia for hip hop. Anything he's interested in, he knows. Mm just everything about it that's it's like like you said I'm Jermaine Defoe I'm not I'm not it's like it's like bringing in Gary Doherty for Dimitar (laughs) Berbatov that's that's the level here so if I say anything that's stupid and doesn't quite make sense in terms of hip-hop I apologize I'm just doing John a favor here
0: yeah you are doing doing me a favor mate and I really appreciate it but don't do yourself a disservice because um the thing is you're comparing yourself to sort of the other hip-hop pods in the hip-hop pod community where you may be a Gary Doherty we're in the gutter mate looking up at the stars here at Hip Hop Forum Notorious P.A.D.
2: which is why uh, Cal is on air every week how are you Cal? Yeah man I'm I'm good I'm wonderful it's like All the other, you know, the other hip-hop podcasts, they, like, they have conventions and, like, really fancy hotels and, like, Mm. they wear suits and they have presentations and they talk about – they break down, like, rhyme schemes and stuff like that, whereas we just get get a motel and get some brasses in and get triple blowies for the weekend.
0: Yeah, we just – we just talk about rumors. We are basically rumors and rap. Yeah. We're TMZ for hip hop. We're yeah. scum. We're proper Horrible scum. gossips. Horrible yeah. gossips. How okay. Can people get sick, so we can talk about. It? So Flav, you could fit right in, mate.
1: So yeah, no, no gonna... problem. No worries. <laughs> um, so, so have you ever had complaints about your lack of hip hop knowledge?
0: Yeah. Well, so the reason this became sort of like a, a meme for us, uh, because basically we had we asked people to give us. It was called five for five. Give us five your favorite five rappers and leave us a five star like review. And then we can, like, discuss, basically, people's choices, right? And it was great. People were coming up with their top fives, and it was amazing. One guy goes his top five, and then goes his top five reasons why we were shit, basically. <laughs> and, <it> was... <laughs> and one of them was generally great, but poor lack of research often leads to some large spaces in time. And I thought it was amazing, because I was like, there's so many times we go, like, oh, fuck, what's the name of that track? And every other podcast. <laughs> Every old podcast I listen to, they're like, bang. And they're like, no, the track, the the name, the minute it was on the thing. And I'm like, yeah, no, we are shit. So we've just decided to embrace it. And I yeah. think that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You've got right, to embrace right. it. Well, but, I can have some input. Yeah, but look, we, we're going to get involved. Ultimately, um, if, you, if you love hip hop, whether that's uh, one rapper, one song, or you know everything about it. Either way, it's a beautiful culture that we all uh, and music form that we all love and enjoy. And let's just fucking talk about it. It's fun, right? But um, saying all this about how shit we are and slagging us off, we have got a new website which we didn't have last what? year. Didn't have I a didn't website. We have got a website, mate. www.notoriouspod.com. Web- uh, it's it's there's not much on there right now. Uh, we're still building some content. We're going to have some articles on there. We'll have links to uh, music for people that send their music to be submitted that we'll play in the pod during the halftime break, uh, and just loads of other stuff. We'll get uh, some. Notorious merch. Pod. What? Notoriouspod.com. www.notoriouspod.com. It's wrong, obviously. Yeah, of course he has. Uh, no, so, did you, did you make this? Did you did you get someone to do this, or did you do this in no, your I own? I just I just knocked it out, mate. Just what, fucking bored off. or something. You got nothing yeah, to do, do is it? It's it? Lockdown, so I thought, fuck it. I'll just I'll build a website. That'd be fun. Mate, it looks good. I'm, I'm uh, Look, I, I, as I say, I'm
1: doing. Um, I, I've jumped on last minute, and my missus is cooking lovely burgers in the background. So if you can hear the ambient sound of food cooking, yes. Uh, it's, think, of, think of it of like I'm
0: the actual Bronson to this uh, to this podcast, right? <laughs> Fuck, that's delicious. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to be we're going to try and be more professional this year, which is pretty hard. So we're going to be bringing you new bi-weekly episodes that will drop uh, essentially every other Friday. So we're stepping up this year, cow, aren't we, mate?
2: we are yeah i've noticed like looking at the running order this is the first time i've looked it for a little while that you've you've taken out my little quip about (laughs) (laughs) fucking snake tell him what you've done tell him what you've done cal tell him what i was what so when john does a running order he writes pretty much verbatim what he's gonna say so when he's he actually writes at the top of the running order hello boys how are you all today and i put (laughs) I put and I just snuck in there. Hello, I'm John Bass and I eat five magnums a day. And I was just hoping (laughs) that he was going to have an anchorman moment and read it all out, but he didn't. (laughs) Do
0: you know what, what, though? What's funny is, um, my Mrs. Ree, we nearly split up really early on because um, we were like chatting over text and then it was like 11 o'clock. Um, and I was in my flat on my own, I was in bed and I thought fuck it before I go to sleep I'm going to have a magnum for dessert I had a late (laughs) dinner I'm going to have a magnum in bed so i was sitting there and I'm eating a magnum at 11pm under the covers uh, and just like think and then Ree was like what are you doing I was like oh I'm just in bed like having a magnum and she's like sorry you're doing what I was like yeah I'm just just having a magnum she's like you're eating an ice cream in bed in your 30s at 11pm what the fuck are you doing so when I saw the running order I thought that she'd done it and I had a go
2: (laughs) it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and she was but, like what the fuck are you talking about i was like my fucking running orders like you're trying to mug me off i could have said that by accident she went honestly i don't know what you're talking about I was probably shocked her john john
1: you're this is what you get for eating magnums at 11 o'clock at night in bed like why you're you're massive you're yeah. massive right you're you're yeah. biologically massive you're always <laughs> yeah. you're always bigger than 99 percent of men yeah. it doesn't help if you're eating magnums at 11 o'clock at night in bed how many magnums because you, you only admit to one
0: how many magnums have you eaten in one sitting <laughs> in one sitting i've had two before <laughs> i had one and i was like fucking hell i could just nail another one i used to back in the day I, I've, I've weaned myself off it but I, I now just have a classic magnum right but i used to back in the day absolutely loved a double caramel I so essentially it's like that, yeah like, <laughs> they were fucking they I've were never eaten a magnum in my entire life and i'll tell you what the I can remember the day I stopped eating them. We were in Madrid for one of my mates' stag do's. Uh, we'd been fucked up. We'd been out like in the sunshine all day, boozing. I just thought, "Oh, do you know what? I just fancy like what'll cool me down? An ice cream." And I picked up a double caramel Magnum in thirty degrees sun after being on the lash all day, and fucking vomed it up as soon as I got back to the hotel. And ever since then, I've been like, "Just nah, go for the classic. Tone it down a bit." Fair enough. Um, Right, boys. We should probably talk about hip hop because people listen to this uh, probably don't care about my um, eating habits as much as it does affect my ability to perform and conduct this podcast. We should probably talk about hip hop. Part one is the street report. That and that, that is basically the news, it's the latest from the world of hip hop. We we often just go like way into the past, into the nineties, and we try and bring this up to date. However, there's obviously a very major news story at the moment, kind of that transcends. Uh, a lot of eras in hip hop, uh, and is of course uh, the late great MF Doom. Really, really sad. This this one, like you get a lot of deaths, especially in hip hop, a lot of celebrity deaths and a lot of deaths generally, uh, like famous people. And I just kind of I get a bit sad. Prince affected me quite a bit. I was a bit like, that's really sad. MF Doom definitely in that category. Proper hit me hard. Um, Flav, I know I know that you are quite a a sort of fan of mf doom's work yeah did this did this affect you mate how, how did you feel about when you heard the news
1: i don't care about it when a pre, a, a, you know famous people pass away I, it's not I, I i didn't know them other than you know like prince i don't i, I don't even rate prince that highly, and i know that's contr- controversial but he's just never done it for me right he's a little man who plays those of instruments as far as i'm concerned same <laughs> as Stevie you wonder if he wasn't blind no one would give a shit so it's that's the kind of mentality i have when it comes to um people that i don't really rate uh but mf doom came along and i was shocked for a couple of reasons one because he's 49 that's no age right but then you look at him and he does look quite unhealthy got a yeah. massive belly and his voice you could see how much his voice had changed in in the, the latter part of his life and you're thinking all right maybe there's some underlying health conditions or maybe it was covid or whatever it was who knows it's weird his death, the stuff around his death is interesting enough um, and is he dead? That's another question. but um uh, he, uh, it was it was shocking and sad. I think the only time other time I felt like this was when capital Steez died uh, pro era and because he was so young and committed <laughs> suicide. I think
0: committed suicide on Christmas day, I think. yeah, that's pretty brutal. You were quite cut up about um Xxx tentation. Well, not ca- not really. because he was a not, bit of a bad guy, but he was a yeah, wasted talent.
1: Though, right? But the same token, for the same reason, why I was a little bit sad that um, that MF Doom passed away, and the same for XXX because they I, I wanted more. You know, what I mean, they, they would give more, and what and the, the the glorious thing about MF Doom is that he never went bad. You know, most rappers go bad. They have a period in their life where their style or they produce shit music. Often rappers put out too many albums. They're too consistent, and they lose the point. They lose their the motive for them writing. Um, you've seen it happen with so many. I think maybe you guys would know better than me, but I think only Jay-Z has been consistently good throughout his entire career. Is that fair to say?
0: Yeah, I mean, th- th- there's 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 a lot of... Uh, there's probably a lot of rappers, actually, have, like, stayed consistent. But I take your point that there's also a fuck-ton that have a fall-off, basically. Yeah, yeah. Or at least that never reach the heights of their early part of their career is probably a, a good way to say it. Doom's probably not the opposite. I actually think he's always been, like decent but he's i think he's like skill level notoriety sort of increased like he's like he, more of a traditional sportsman in the sense of like he was hitting his coming into his peak in his latter years like he's every project that he was dropping was fucking excellent it wasn't getting weaker it was getting stronger in a lot of ways so yeah, so yeah. It's, a good, it's a good point mate um Cal, well- how did you how did you feel about the whole thing
2: yeah so i didn't i didn't hear the news at you know at the same same time as everybody else um i think i'd stuck my phone on charge and flight mode it and just yeah i was completely out of the loop for for a couple of hours but yeah it was a real shock um you know to hear that he passed away and it was very you know um andy kaufman like i think he was like that in his career wasn't he uh in terms of like you know, doing shows and having someone do the show for him and all that sort of stuff, and just put the mask on. And the fact that they kept his death secret for two months was really, you know, very much in 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 his character as well. Um, but yeah, it was a shock and it was a real gutter as well because he's 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 active. He's an active. He was active. He was doing bits and he was. I think the the the, the thing for me with him is the amount of people that he worked with, like so much variety. And yeah, I think that's what's the saddest thing is that he was like, like you guys said, that he was, he was in his pomp, wasn't he? And to be taken away like that at such a young age is really sad.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the um, what you what you're both saying there, I think, is really interesting in terms of like he he carries this level of mystique that he sort of did. He didn't need to like drop an album every year and and like have a big release thing. It was it was the mystery that made him really exciting and even to the point where you know the, the rumours about his his death being like this is all just part of it like this is all part of his act and the Andy Kaufman thing's a really good shout because it's almost like he is living the act he's like embodying um, what makes him interesting and ultimately that's for me is, is his legacy is that he brought something to hip hop that no one else had done like this idea of like being in a mask and like no one knowing who you are I mean people knew who he was but he did shows when it wasn't him and he was just backstage yeah. like no one else had that imagination i don't think in in hip hop love he talked about um he talked about being the villain like these role
1: or you know he, he made a make believe world that he was comfortable in that hark's back to his childhood um of growing up and he had lots of difficulties he lost his brother right and mm. um and it seemed like he escaped to this world where he was comfortable you know it was cartoony um, you know, created this character based on Doctor Doom. He sampled um, sort of fit like seventies, eighties chart programs, you know, cartoon programs, and built a narrative using the samples that he he um, he used. Um, and he embodied when he was Doom, when he had the mask on, that 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 character. And that character isn't likable, right? He's bad. He's evil. He's the, he's the baddie. And they demonstrated that by doing those stunts where he would be rapping behind stage or it would be a recording of his, of, of his set. And then you'd have someone like Anil Barberes or just a bloke who has a similar body shape to him. And he's, he was exposed. And it's like, haha, the joke's on you. He also made a point of saying, like, I, you don't, you're not here to see me. You're here to listen to the music. This is music. It's about hearing. It's about listening. It's, 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 You know, gigs are there to you're here there to hear the music, not to look at my face, kind of thing. Which kind of is completely summed up by by the mask. Um, so for that reason, I would fucking love it if he wasn't dead. If it just came out and he just came out as like, only mucking about, that would be the bollocks for me because mm. there's been so the outpouring is insane i was so surprised because i thought and i know you boys and people that listen to this podcast will know who mf doom is right i didn't realize so many people knew who he was and how big of a reaction this was i was surprised by it really um but yeah it was great it was fantastic he was he was a wonderful wonderful um he was a magician yeah Yeah, no no one no one does it as good as him without going corny and stuff so
0: yeah it's true i think what you're saying there mate about um You didn't realise the sort of outpouring and and how much respect he had. I think there's like a a sort of sub, not subsection, but there's this kind of like area or this space in in hip hop that exists that like true artists sit in that they might not have the commercial, like, awareness. So, like, the man on the street, if you say hip-hop, they'll say Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, for example, Wu-Tang, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's this, like, layer beneath it that the rest of the hip-hop community really massively respects. And I'm, like, the, the person I think of is, like, Jay Diller. A lot of people don't even know who he is. Mm-hmm. Everyone in hip-hop respects Jay Diller. They'll put him in top two or three best producers ever, top top two or three like musicians of all time for some people you know there's a i've talked about it all the time but there's a really um great interview with flea from the red hot chili peppers and he's talking basically the show is basically his 10 favorite albums of all time and he gets to i think number three is rough draft by jay dylan which is essentially like pretty much half half an instrumental album the other half is like the same instrumentals with rappers guilty simpson and various other people that fat cat and various other people that he's worked with And the way he talks about it, he starts welling up, crying, talking about how important the album was to him and that it meant so much to him. And it's like those levels of like, they're not just rappers are rapping over just hard instrumentals and it's street shit and it's drugs and it's like violence. And it's all the stuff that we love about hip-hop and makes it exciting. It's artistic. It's something that genuinely, and I guess it's like a lot of fans of music, right? There's people who live just really good commercial bands. And then you, you also take pride in being like, well, I'm really into Radiohead because there's a certain element that comes being a, a fan of that type of band. And it's kind of the same thing. There's a certain like level of understanding and, an ear that you need to enjoy it. And doom definitely like is one of those people that's in that space. So I think that's why there was so much of an, of an outpouring for him. Cause he just was doing stuff that was really, 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 really different. But, um, so you make the point there about, Listening to him and not like visualizing him. Obviously, the visual aspect of him has become such a massive thing. But, Carl, I'd be really interested in your take in terms of like when you first heard Doom and like what your impressions are because his his style is really different, right?
2: Yeah, it is. It is very, very out there, and it's 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 someone that you could perhaps you could hear him and and kind of think he's so out there. I'm not interested but i think you once you you know you do give somebody the time and you gave him the time you heard him and you was like now nah, this guy's next level and but for me i always kind of uh, my kind of experiences with him were more on the production side um and i think one of the first projects of his that i really um that i really was really drawn to is when he did the joint album with master ace yeah because uh, I'm a massive Master Ace fan, um, and he did the project with Master Ace, MA Doom, they called it. And um, yeah, it was just re- it was just an amazing album. And he only guests on one he only guests on on one song, and it's him. And but it's him, Master Ace, and Big Daddy Kane, you know. Seriously. And it's just it's like yeah, he's 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 swinging with the big boys, and he's he's not missing. Like he's he's doing bits with these guys, and that's that's the level that he was at as an MC and obviously as a producer as well.
0: And how about you, Flav? When was the first time you came like came across MF Doom? Because like for most people, it's a moment you kind of remember because his voice is very distinctive and his style is very distinctive. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, I don't remember
1: actually. Funny you saying <laughs> that. I, I, I can't. I, so I got into him uh, uh, for Born Like This. So I hadn't heard any of his stuff previously. Mm. It was, I, I somehow picked up this album. Do you know what I might, more embarrassingly, none of the fuck I'm thinking of Childish Gambino, you know, he's album Camp. Um, I picked that up in a charity shop uh, and and I felt like it was the same way I have stumbled into Doom. I can't remember. People around me at the time weren't really into hip hop. Mm, yeah. um, I don't have many mates other than UT and, and Cow that I met later who were like banging into hip hop in the same way. Um, and I just remember switching it on uh and and just being like amazed, amazed. It felt like I was listening to a, like jazz for hip hop. I don't know if that's mm. a stupid thing to say, but it doesn't, it didn't fit. And I've gone through the the the, the 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 same trajectory as a lot of white kids as you know, Will Smith, Eminem, Dre, DMX, Jar Rule, and then away to wherever you like to go.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh so I went in that kind of conventional way. Finding rap and finding my, the artists I like, and then it, and MF Doom was something I, like I'd I'd not heard of, and 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 I, it was hard because it's sometimes hard and hard, difficult to track what the narrative is in these songs. It's more of a demonstration of his ability to to craft and bend and and manipulate sentences for his own will, and then only after you've listened fifteen times do you find the narrative, and 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 then fifteen times later you're hearing new stuff. And I'm not saying anything that he hasn't he already said in interviews, but he 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 was talking about how he would so so when you're listening to your the rappers that you like, you often can predict, certainly you can predict after listening to a couple of listening through a couple of times where the rhyme's gonna come. Is it mm-hmm. the end of the word, middle of the word, is he rhyming two words in a sentence? And he would he would he would he would craft his his bars so that he would rewrite so many times that he would he would choose a word that you would never think was going to be the one that rhymed so that mm. each time you hear something new because your brain is being forced to work so hard. And often he would get to the end of his sentence and it, the word wouldn't rhyme. So that not fuck your head anymore. So he's rhymed every word, every syllable in the sentence apart from the last one, which is conventionally the one that should be rhymed. Mm. Mm. Uh, and you love him for it. <laughs> um, and I had an interesting conversation with our mate, Ricky, who had never really listened to him, other than he kind of knew that I was into him. And he listened to it, and I was like, I don't get it. I don't understand. Like, I can't. It's nonsense. He's not rapping about everything. But if you look at some of the greatest people in rock, if you look at David Bowie's, most of his songs were nonsense. They didn't mean anything. It didn't matter. And I'm not saying MF Dune's MF songs are, are nonsense, but if you're looking at, if you're interested in narrative rap, like Immortal Technique or whoever else then um then mf doom's not for you but mf doom doom isn't
0: oh. around popularity yeah yeah mate i i think what um what you're getting at there i think is is so true because I, I had a very similar experience we actually had a question from uh tomo's thfc 89 and it was like first doom album you guys came across now for me i was also quite late with mf doom so i'd I'd like heard spits and I was always like, fuck that guy's voice is amazing. But I'd always found his flow really jarring. I was just like, oh, <laughs> like, is is this, I was genuinely in this camp of like, this is amazing. Or is it really shit? I can't work <laughs> it out. Like, I genuinely was like that for a little bit. Cause I was just like, it's just, it's exactly like you said, Flav, it's just awkward positioning of where it's like supposed to be to my ear, where it's supposed to be. And again, I've banged on about this anecdote a million times Rakim when he writes his rhymes he literally puts dots on bits of paper and he and he's like that's where the rhyme has to come in order for it to flow and if you listen to Rakim's delivery and his flow it's very percussive it's just like fits so nice which is why it's so beautiful to listen to Rakim's flow because it's just perfect and MF Doom's completely subverted that idea and just gone no whatever that's supposed to be I'm going to find a way to dislodge that and he would put words in like the half beat so just off where it's supposed to land it would rhyme but it would rhyme awkwardly or exactly like you said five put it in a position and then just change the word and be like right i'll change it and then rhyme it from there just basically pushing the limits and i think you yeah. said right at the beginning of jazz that's exactly what it is for me like it's just yeah different well, it's, uh, look, it's, it's 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 having like you, they're supposed to be technical rappers and they're
1: supposed to be or and uh, they're supposed to be technicians in every art form and then you find someone who rips up the rule book they understand the rules like MF Doom un- without doubt can rap any style you like yeah. um he would be able to write you a verse after verse of technically correct uh, rap if you, if there is such a thing Ra- rakim right but he knows that and he's gone beyond it and this is what he wants to do and whether you like it or not i just wanted to say it, he didn't he never he never played to the crowd he never yeah. Did stuff that he thought would be commercially viable. He did stuff because that's what he wanted to do, and and um and luckily, the culture, if you like, I feel uncomfortable using that word for some reason, but the uh people who listen to hip hop reacted positively and dug it. And you saw, I don't know if you've seen the interviews since his death, like the Odd Future geeking out, El- elsewhere Sweatshirt particularly, yeah. completely spazzing because of um of meeting of meeting him, and he understands. You know, he's your favourite rapper's favourite rapper. That's the that's the clichéd sort of saying. And that's what a wonderful homage to, to what he's done. And it's just a shame that we won't see more of him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, boys, I don't want to dwell on it too long because I think there's a lot of great material out there from podcasts who probably do have the sort of insight uh, and detail for a proper Doom tribute. I just thought it would be good for us to give sort of an impassioned view on, on why we like him. So just quickly, Cal, um, it'd be great to hear from you just like... Favorite tracks, favorite albums, things that stand out musically. That if maybe people listen to this, who've never heard of MF Doom, and they're like on the now listening to this pod and thinking, "I want to check him out. Where do I go to? What do I listen to?"
2: Um, I, I think it might be perhaps to check him out. I think just go, go. I think go straight in. Go ten toes. Go for put food food. Um, go dooms, for start,
1: Doomsday. Doomsday's do do like dooms the Doomsday. Yeah, I was just about to
2: say just about to say that. Yeah, go for Doomsday. And then, if you if you like that, then perhaps start getting into some of the collaborative albums because there's a lot of he's like like I said at the start, he's done so many collaborative stuff with people, um, like uh, such a wide range of artists as well. But I would start with the solo stuff first and then go from there. Can I just I just found something. Um, i
1: pretty sure it's hard to say because I was talking about this with T, but we it sounds like a fan has made has taken two verses, added their own um, production. And then Mm. splice it together. It's called Death Wish featuring Freddie Gibbs. I hadn't heard this song before he died. I went looking for stuff. It's so good. It's so good. Like Freddie Gibbs actually smashes it. His verses is better than MF Dooms in my opinion. So go check that out. If you want to find
0: something that's a bit weird, you might not have heard of Cool. Good recommendation. Thanks, mate. I would also, yeah, second all, uh, all of the suggestions I mean, Mad Villainy was the first album I probably got into. Operation Doomsday as well. Both great. Um, anything that Jay Diller has produced for MF Doom. So there's a couple of... I found this weird thing, again, like yesterday, just searching through MF Doom stuff. And it was MF Doom, Diller and Ghost, Ghostface. Yeah. They did like a little EP with a couple of tracks on it. And essentially it's um, some Diller instrumentals from Donuts with, with those two rapping over it. But fuck me, MF. Do- I mean, most people sound good on Jay Dilla beats, but MF Doom on Jay Dilla beats just does something to my soul. It's fucking imp- imp- incredible. Um, all right, let's um, let's move on. Just one more quick story from the sh- uh, the street report before we get into part two. Just just super quick reactions, more than anything. Uh, Doctor Dre admitted to hospital. The fifty five year old went to ICU in LA on Monday and they released a statement from his his people saying he he'll be out of hospital and he's and he's back home soon. um are we now because we're all uh, mid 30s plus sadly both all in our 30s is the fact. um this is going to happen more and more often isn't it for us. um the sort of heroes of a bygone age are going to start be in hospital and dying and getting sick. Fucking um, hell, John. <laughs> it's true though, mate. It's true. We're getting to that age. This I now, more and more, I feel like my dad, where he was like, Oh, it wasn't as good as in my day, and like all of his heroes are dead. Um, you know, even R.A. Rugged Man's album, uh, All My Heroes are dead, or whatever it's called, like it, we are starting to live through that age now. And it was kind of a bit of a shock to my system, Cal. I don't know what you thought about when it was like Dr. Dre's in hospital. Yeah, brain, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a bit like fucking hell how did you feel about the whole it was
2: exactly it was exactly the same as you because it's i remember i think a, a few podcasts ago i kind of dug him out a bit because i think he was he was on the um it was on the nasab, album wasn't he with the firm and then and i i think i dug him out because of the last album he kept rapping about being a billionaire and i was just like it's boring like keep rapping about being a billionaire it's boring but what else but, do you I rap about well yeah. i know exactly yeah exactly like that was kind of my point. Like nobody wants to hear you rap anymore. He like. should restart the beef with D
0: Barnes. Yeah, <laughs> he should. No, he should. He should release a diss album against his wife because they're going for a pretty messy divorce. That'd be pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's
2: probably what done it into. <laughs> but, but you know what? The idea that he was going to die or whatever, I was like, no, Stray yeah. can't die. I instantly felt bad that I dug him out. I was like, no, you can't. <laughs> like I know I dug you out a bit, leave but it don't a couple die. of months. Come
1: on. Yeah, yeah. Like,
2: come on. But, um,
1: yeah. I did. I just made me fearful because uh, he was like really fit and. Like, you know, muscular and healthy. And yeah, he but that get it. I didn't really that, mind. I, I wasn't bothered that he, it was Dr. Dre.
0: Doesn't that make you feel good though? Because you go right. Well, he's he's running every day. He's not eating five magnums magnums in bed, and he's having a brain aneurysm. Fucking get get us yeah, another magnum love out of the freezer. It doesn't got, work, f- mate. Doesn't he's got work.
1: Sixteen years on me. I might. What, what am I going to be like at that? I mean, it looks good. It looks good. Yeah,
0: he does he does look good? Yeah, um, it's sad. It's always you know, fucking you know, people. shit happens, isn't it? Shit does happen, mate. Shit does happen. All right, well, look, we're not going to dwell on it too long. He seems like he's all right. He's in a stable condition. Um, we're now going to move into part two, um, which is called Back in the Day.
3: Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I said and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I said and wish I was a kid again. So,
0: this section is where we talk about something or someone. From the golden era of hip hop. Um, there's been some stuff going on. And when I say stuff, I mean specifically rap beef. Mm. Now, as uh three sort of 30-something white men, you know, most of us, um, Flav especially, now lives like properly rural countryside. There's one thing we know a lot about, which is rap beef. Um, and I want to talk specifically about the um just eat. Uh, guru that is Snoop Dogg mm-hmm. kicking up with Eminem now beef. I feel like cow beef is your um, is you own it on this pod like you are king of the beef. You're like the beef reporter. Um, you're you're all over it, mate. So do you want to just give maybe for Flav's benefit a, a little bit of a recap on this Snoop and Eminem beef?
2: Yeah, so it's it's one of those you, you'll notice now when you watch when you watch an interview with usually it's usually boxers or rappers and they will, the journalist will tell the rapper what another rapper said. And yeah. box bo- Boxing interviewers do it as well. They go, Oh, did you hear that that fighter said that you're fucking sight?" And then, and then it kind of, it kind of goes from there. They want a
1: quotable, that's where.
2: Yeah, yeah. They want a quotable. Exactly. And so they did that with, um, with, with Snoop Dogg and Eminem. And so basically Snoop Dogg said, that and you know what nothing that he said was out of order nah. he said Eminem's not in my top 10 was to, the two quotable things where he said Eminem's not really in my top 10 he listed all these fucking old school ABC rappers to be honest I wasn't really impressed with his top 10 but anyway he listed his top 10 and Eminem he said Eminem's oh, not in my top 10 and then he said I can live without Eminem's music it's not so exactly saying you play in the car is it which is fair it's none yeah. of it's out of order, and he kind of said that, but Eminem got in his feelings about it and mm. has kind of done a little subliminal diss, would you call it, John, on his yeah. album? It's nothing, it's nothing,
0: it's a little jab, as as this disses go. I mean, look, I think, um, so Flav, you were on the for listeners who've been with us in the beginning, you, you were on the Slim Shady LP episode where we, we talked about Eminem and his skill level and how great an album that was. And that is a long time ago now. And for me personally, I was a massive fan of his then. Marshall Mathers LP, massive fan of him then. An Eminem show was probably the sort of the end for me, right? That was a long time ago. Yeah. And so it but we, we're still very I think everyone is kind of aware that Eminem does have a very good skill set for disses. So this was a very soft subliminal diss and the other thing i'd say about eminem as well is he's got a very warm affection for hip-hop and the culture and the level of respect around it he won't i'll put it out there he won't ever fully go in on snoop because he's snoop and there's a level of respect from eminem that he will just never go there and actually he was interviewed recently so in the last like couple of days or so about this subliminal and he basically said look actually what snoop said i didn't have a problem." with what he said what I've got a problem with is the tone in which he said it which is a bit like Joey from Friends Now, what you said it's how you said it Um, which does (laughs) it seems a little bit needy and a little bit desperate and a little bit cringe it's like guys you're like 40 plus like can we just fucking let it go like can't you just pick up the phone you know each other you've been on tours you've got mutual friends like you've known each other for years can't you just go look I know that you said I'm not in your top 10 I get it that's cool but did you really need to like mug me off with the diss about oh, I wouldn't listen to his music? That I'll be honest, that was needless. I quite enjoyed it. It's quite funny, yeah. but it was needless. Like that, it would be just like any one of us just sort of going, "Oh, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have Flav in my top ten podcasters of all time." But to be honest, you know, anything he's releasing, I'm not listening to it. It's like the second <laughs> bit. is so needless. It's so savage. Um, so you know, I yeah. Can't. It's it's also weird because, like you said, they they seem
1: to be so close. Obviously, Snoop was Dre's first prodigy, um, and Eminem was his other most significant prodigy, probably earned ten times more than what Snoop did, but in terms of you know money and whatnot, not in terms of um, credibility. And you're right, <clears throat> unfortunately. Um, yeah, those those albums you mentioned were it. I, I like I really enjoyed Kamikaze. I thought it was a really good album, but. The rest of it is shit. To be honest; like it's it's unlistenable to, to a certain degree. Um And I wonder. I, w- I, I kind of hoped that that Kamikaze would be the start of a, a new version of Eminem where it was really good and and that he'd be able to continue to produce this. But I think he got hyped by the the, the decent reaction from Kamikaze and then just released that album Mu- Mu- uh, music, music to be Murdered. Fuck can- uh, uh, my head. I listened to it twice, and I was like, "I'm never going to put that on ever again." And I'm, I like, I genuinely like, like I said at the top of the show, is if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be in. I don't think I would have got into hip hop in the way that I did. It was like an, it was a gateway for me, right? Yeah. So I'm always, and I've I've been in the past quite defensive of him as well because he's in a situation now where he's not, and this, I'm trying to make four points at once here. He's in a situation now where he's not, he's not credible, and. He, he, he that the whole culture is so important to him, and he's fought against this feel this 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 pub this opinion about him since day one. You know, he come from an area a, a, an area where being white wasn't a, a, a good thing, and he's get he got into a genre of music where being white wasn't a good thing. He's fought his way through that to become legitimately one of the best to ever do it and now he's come full circle and gone back to not being credible again and that must be really tough for him to to accept because technically he's fantastic he can do things like MF Doom can do he can do that he he's he's in terms of his ability to rhyme every word in the sentence and every um you know, to be as complex as MF Doom he can do all of that stuff it's just that he's obsessed with his being, being liked and he's, he's obsessed with how people see him and being rated whereas mf doom couldn't give a fuck what people thought and that's the difference and that's why mf doom will always be credible and eminem won't he's just he, and his taste in music's awful you know he's constantly sampling the worst the hooks are awful anyway look it doesn't matter look it, it's not a problem but the thing the, the thing is is what's weird is why he, <laughs> Like why are they even have, why are they even having this and why is Eminem being Eminem is a sensitive sensitive man and when it comes from someone inside he's what he would consider his circle in terms of musically
0: then maybe it hurt him but he's got to grow thicker skin stop yeah. releasing fucking music <laughs> he's very thin skin we I think we had this conversation a while ago Cal about M just needs to take a step back and just be like Eminem presents and just find a load of new fucking artists and just be the guy that people like. To your point, Flav, that he just gets that credibility back. Like, okay, he was... A, yeah, uh, that's my worry is it now becomes... And to be fair, he's had plenty of opportunities, right? At he has released too much shit music for it. To, 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 it's done. Way too much. And also, he he had the likes of, like, Slaughterhouse and Conway and, like, Griselda. Like, he had all of that, and he's just fucking done what nothing is he? with it. He, is he, he not, could have been... Are they not co... Aren't they together anymore, Griselda what? and Jim Shady? Well, so there's going through this separation thing but oh, right. again like it's this for me the issue is that griselda is like basically the sort of the biggest uptick in hip-hop for a long time it's been one yeah. of those like moments that you remember like the griselda era right and we find ourselves on this pod talking about him in every episode and here we are again first one of 2021 talking about griselda oh, but i feel like eminem and the, the sort of association with griselda isn't there and it could have been if he'd have not been what he is and gone right look I had my day. I was fucking amazing. I was top tier, like biggest selling hip hop artist of all time. Everyone knows who I am. Smashed it. I'm not going to make music now unless I want to. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to promote Griselda. I'm going to push Griselda, and I'll jump on the odd track here and there. But the problem is, is when he's done it, it's been fucking awful. Like he was on Bang with Conway the remix. His verse is just nonsense. Like. It's nothing to do with the rest of the track. It's just incoherent. I feel like I'd love I would love five minutes to sit down with him and go, right, for your next project, (laughs) these are the hundred topics you can talk about. You can't go talk about anything else. You can't veer off in anything else. And you have to rap at like this cadence. You can't do the fast stuff that's incoherent. And these are the sort of and here's the ten beats. You're not making a twenty track album. Here's ten beats. Release that. I think it'd do numbers again. He needs to go back to like raucous era, like maybe pack yeah, hip hop again, and he no might one,
1: have a chance. No one gives a shit anymore, John. Like, who cares whether he comes back
0: credible? I will tell you why. I There's tell you ton, why. Tons of rappers to listen to. Loads I tell you them. why. He drops a dog shit project. It sells five times what anyone else will do in their best best work. Eminem's shittest project. Look up. Look at the Spotify plays. It's yeah, five, no, I, five. I get it. So he, he thinks. Oh, people want it. People want it. And it's like, yeah, but... That's not the
1: people that he wants to want it. Correct. The the people that listen to his music aren't the ones he wants. Yeah. They're girls and and teenage kids.
0: Yeah, they're currently inhabiting the Capitol building.
2: Yeah, it's like what you guys said. You guys, you said it. He wants to be respected by the culture. He wants to be respected by real heads. He wants to be respected by other MCs, and he he is respected by other MCs for his skill level. But he, he's, he's not, he's not relevant anymore. He's not relevant, and the music he makes isn't going to stand at the, the, the test of time because it's just throwaway rap because it's just him. He's a, no one no, checking him. There's no, no. there's
1: no one. It seems that way.
2: Yeah. He, he was produced, you know, we've used this term before on the podcast about, you know, producers producing in a rapper from on a project from top to bottom. And he used to have Dr. J to do that, but that's because Dr. J had something to prove back then as well that was because he'd he'd done the chronic he hadn't done anything and he had something to prove now dr Dre's sold beats to apple he's a billionaire um and now he has nothing to prove so he has no one to like you said to check him to produce him to make him make good music it's just i'm gonna show you how intricate i can be with raps and then put it over some some shitty beats and then i'll get a young a-, a young MA or another young rapper to come on and give me a tiny little bit of credibility but really no one wants to hear it anymore uh, yeah
0: it's funny because it's, it's basically what we sort of the polar opposite of what we're talking about with MF Doom the MF Doom you know like you touched upon Flavish was really just uninterested in what he thought would sound was uninterested. that was his strength that was that's... definitely his strength and so that's why he he's in that space in hip-hop of just like cool interesting artistic hip-hop and Eminem has just fallen into the category of just like it's very sterile and he's got nothing to talk about right when you have that level of success and we've seen it with loads of rappers like and, and Dre's the same right they've got so much success that this thing that made them interesting you now like think of like NWA to the chronic era right this sort of gangster rap rebellious stuff right once you're a millionaire and you have as much privilege as anyone else in the world you can go dr Strange can go anywhere in the world and he'll never have a problem getting in and have a problem getting a table getting a suite getting anything he will get the best service in the world what do you rap about what do you what goes right i'm going to make this beat that reminds me of this thing and eminem's suffering from the same problem and those artists like mf doom they still where they're creating these like different concepts and ideas that are like they've built this kind of persona and they can tap into these different ideas and concepts. You can never run out of that. Right. And the problem with Eminem is he's gone too far down the line of what? I'm technically amazing. Watch this. And it's like, but it doesn't, right. it's not, it's not the issue. The issue is, I think
1: is the pro- the reason why MF doom would have never have gone corny is because he, he has an, in- an incredible taste. Yeah. He knows what is right. He knows what is cool. He knows what works. He's not afraid to to, uh, to not pander to what people want. And everything he does had an element of cool to it. What I'm most impressed with Griselda and, and Freddie Gibbs is their willingness to step off for what is traditional hip-hop production. And that keeps it interested and fresh and not... Eminem is basing everything on his ability to string syllables and words and letters together in a way that... Almost no one else can. Or maybe they just don't want to. And that's why Eminem's the only one that does it. Um, so he just doesn't have MF Doom's eye. He doesn't have Griselda's eye. He has Eminem's eye. And that's why it doesn't work. And that's why the best Eminem is the one who's angry and lashing out. Because yeah. he doesn't have to think. He just goes for the jugular and uses his amazing ability to spit venom at whoever in any direction that he wants to and it will it will land and it will hurt and that's why the that's why the um that's why the uh the kamikaze album was was fine and yeah. it, was, it was easy to listen to it was good it was, it was actually good. good it was simple the production was simple the point of it was getting his words on paper and hurting people and yeah. that's what he needs to do not he's gotta stop thinking of these sort of borderline concept albums yeah twenty tracks you know, doing stuff with, with juice. World, it didn't fit yeah. Be it featuring on Griselda's album and fucking that part of the song up. And that was it. Like the worst part of it was his verse. Yeah. So he doesn't have the eye. He doesn't know what's right. And, um, he needs someone to guide him professionally, but it's too late. He's fucking in his forties. What's
0: he going to do? Anyway, whatever. Let's move on. Yeah, Let's, let's move on. Uh, we were going to touch on, and we'll just, I literally will take like, uh, one sentence answers on this. Um, talking of M&M beefs, Benzino. <laughs> this is this, <laughs>
1: this guy still around?
0: Now, the only reason I've like, included this, I was just going like, to completely miss it out, is I just want, Flav, I just want you to tell us um, how much you enjoyed M&M's beef with Benzino. And it was track. the best. It was the best. It was like, this was when, like, Cal, you'll know this, right? The Green, the Green yeah. Lantern
1: era, um, yeah. where you had, like, the sauce... Uh, in terms of the tracks. The Source, you got Bully when he went after Jar Rule, Uh, Nal in the Coffin, greatest beef song ever, better than Hit him Up in my opinion. Um, It was perfect. Um, And the the great thing about it was that Benzino is in no place to be in a beef with Eminem. No one is. Like, still to this day, but Eminem would probably kill anybody, right? Because that's what he's good at. But it's it's weird. Like, Benzino has crafted an entire... His entire... Uh, do you know what? I don't know enough about him to say this, but what I know about him is 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 Eminem destroying him constantly. He pulled he, and that's all I know about him. And he owned one half of the Source magazine based on what Eminem said in his song. Um, and for him to now, out of nowhere, come out and start saying going after Royce because he's Eminem's bitch, like Royce is. Eminem's friend. They are friends. <laughs> right. It's it, 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 He's not only living off of a beefy a previous beef of 20 years ago that you had with Eminem. He's now because Royce has some uh you know, he's in and around, he's releasing music and has credibility. He's a good rapper, right? And people like yeah, him. Yeah, Royce is great. Yeah, and and um so he's now saying, Well oh, fuck it. All right, let's get let me just get some of that heat that happened 20 years ago to become sort of relevant again. Pathetic. It is so pathetic. pathetic. Um yeah, but they're just. And if anyone doesn't matter whether you like Eminem or not, you might hate him, right? And you might hate the fact that he raps about s- stabbing his mum or whatever back in the day, <laughs> and then or if, was it? What's the guy's name? Chameleon Chamillion. What's the fucking? The guy hates him. Charlemagne.
2: Okay, oh. <laughs> I thought we were talking about oh, Canada. Oh, Automatic piece of
1: shit. <snort> um, yeah. No, Charlemagne. Is it Charlemagne? What?
0: Charlemagne the God? Charlemagne Joe
1: the Biden. God. Joe yeah. Biden. <laughs> I know Joe Biden hates him, but um Charlemagne did that guy really fucking hates him. And you can you can tell it's like oh whatever it is, man. He, 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 he hates him, but um it, even he would have to listen to Nell in the Coffin and go Jesus Christ. It's just—it's a fucking, it, It's the best beef tune ever. Hit them up,
0: and that the too. Love it. But Anyway, Cal. And anything, anything to add to that, uh, basically what I'd like to see is just—just um, just go in on Benzino because uh, you've, you've—you've always got. Do you know what? It's one thing about you, Cal, that I really admire is you've always got a good insult for someone, and it's always they are always quite original, and you never recycle. Your insults. It's like you've. It's like you sit at home sometimes and go right. Who? What? Dean Gaffney. I'm just going to think about some good insults <laughs> for Dean Gaffney in case it comes up in conversation. Um. Right. You know, big fucking Alsatian loving nonce, for example, that sort of shit.
2: I. I actually do. You know, what I quite enjoy doing these days because lockdown, real bored, and I spend a lot of time on my own. What I like doing is if somebody says they've done something good, I like to say no, you haven't. So if somebody, if somebody goes oh, you know, um, I'm a season ticker holder at Spurs. I went to the Champions League final. I was like, no, nah, you didn't. Never been to a game in your life. <laughs> that's like my new thing. I just like that's. I just really enjoy doing that. But Benzino is just pointless and irrelevant. Like he's, he, the only reason he was relevant is like, like Flav said, he owned half of a fucking magazine that's been out of business for 10 years. Although saying that it's not completely out of business, but he doesn't own it anymore. It got smashed up by Double XL. Mm. Then he got fucked off from that magazine. He's now famous for getting a bit swam, and his daughter's a bit of an Instagram sket.
1: Like, he, that's it. He also, he also got shot in his arm by his nephew. <laughs> oh, yeah, that he proper like fucking cheddar bobbed himself, didn't he? <laughs> cheddar bob. Cheddar bob.
0: Yeah. yeah. Fuck oh, man.
1: Him. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's bro,
0: he's just destroyed. Pointless. But he's you're living pointless. off a of beef where he got destroyed. Yeah. Eight. Like, what are you doing, bro? Yeah, it's 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 very odd. It's very odd. But anyway, look. Enough about Benzino. We we can only give so much time to Benzino on any podcast, let alone ask. Has so he released we'll, any music? Has he released any music? Fuck knows. Fuck knows. Mate, in, no. In, to me, he's in that sort of category. Oh, got right? up. When Dame Dash is like, "Oh I've got I've got music coming out next year. I've got an album coming out." No one wants to hear you rap, Dame. No one wants to hear you rap. It's the same as Benzino. I don't want to hear Benzino rap. Just what are you doing? Just shut up. It's like when. I don't know, fucking singers on X Factor, right? They go on there and they go, oh, it's my dream to be a singer. Like, I've just wanted to be a singer forever. I've been singing since I was seven years old. And then as soon as they get bombed out the show, they're a TV presenter. Well, sorry, what what, what happened what? there? I thought it was your dream to be a singer. No, I just want to be fucking famous. That's Benzino. Get fucked. Go on X Factor. I'll tell you what, everyone who's listening to this After you've listened to this podcast, go on Twitter. Let's all just tweet at Benzino, hashtag go on X Factor. I think (laughs) think it'd be funny. We'll see if we can get Benzino to be all like Britain's Got Talent or something. Um, Right. Next, we are going to have halftime. But, 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 before you skip ahead, we're doing something different in our halftime break. We're asking artists, not just like rappers, like could be sort of i don't know like producers just want to like send us an instrument or like singers that are sort of making like hip-hop r&b crossover type shit send us your tracks for submission we'll listen to them if they're good we will play them in this break so you'll get like a minute of this track and then we'll basically like tell you what people think if people contact us and they like them then we'll say that if they think it's shit we'll tell you um but we just want to try and champion some new artists that are doing new stuff so this week's halftime show uh track is uh by a rapper called drugs only from new york and he's got a track called sinaloa off his uh cartel wars album he basically reached out to me on twitter and i get a lot of people going hey play my music listen to my track blah blah 99 percent is utter shite like it's stuff I don't like personally. And even yeah. like the sort of sound that it's supposed to be, it's just it's fucking garbage. So I'm always a bit skeptical, but I do listen to everything people send me. Cause I'm just like, I want to be that guy who's like discover someone. I think I've discovered someone. I honestly think this guy is fucking incredible. Wow. It's very Griselda esque, which is like on kind of track for the moment in terms of on Vogue for the, for the sound. So again, don't blame him for that. Um, But I genuinely think he's fucking excellent. Really, really like him. So the track you're about to hear is uh, Sinola by Drugs Only. I'm tired
3: of all these knockoffs. They throw stones till I catch your wife and get my rocks off. We made a movie, no popcorn. The cocaine like an aggressive pit because it's going to lock more. How you actin' like the top How? boss When your supervisor call you to the break room to my <laughs> floors And your queen gon' top boss uh-huh. She call you up whenever she need the kids dropped off Uh, we don't drop addies, we drop ops Every gun got a red laser like Cyclops The bitch with me thicker than the syrup at IHOP We don't link when she wants, you gotta put in the time uh-huh. slot I don't want to hear on the gram, y'all got money How? Soon as you niggas die, your funerals go funny. Uh-huh. me When it rains, it pours, I know the streets, they don't, love, don't me, love me, but I done took risks to have me on trips that sunny. Uh-huh. So stay aggressive; they'll kill you when you comfy. Right. Your plug up the block, my plug, plug out, out the country. country. It's levels to this shit like bricks and grams. If we can't find you, we, we gon' get, get your mans look, look, we clapping at you; you ducking, making, making you dance. You shoulda spent it on some guns <laughs> instead of Mary pants uh-huh. She told the stat on we as the, the streets. Now nigga. it's gon' cost you niggas if y'all wanna go eat it's drugs. drugs. Yeah, nigga. Cartel walls. Cartel wars. wars. We taking over this year, nigga. We taking over. Man. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's real life for y'all niggas. Real yeah. life, nigga. Cartel walls. Cartel walls. Drugs only The Drugs
2: plug. only, me, nigga. Huh. Moriah Carey fucking bodied him.
1: In, how would she bottle him with pop? Body she him?
2: smashed Eminem. She smashed. Because he just he just came across not not lyrically, Uh, she just actually she did do a song about him. She's basically just like you're obsessed with me, and because he was fucking obsessed with her, like he kept making songs about her, and it was really weird.
0: Yeah, you sort of you lose you lose a beef immediately, depending on who you're beefing with. (laughs) Yeah, if you're Eminem and you're you're making a diss track about Mariah Carey, you're you're essentially just like broken hearted little school kid schoolboy used just like writing. Writing songs. And he got in trouble for that before. So we, are, we were recording, by the way. Um, he got in trouble when he was younger because he wrote basically like a rap about a girl who broke up with him and she was black and he put a lot of racial expletives in his rap. Yeah, and I'm i am I'm actually that, surprised that that doesn't come up more often I mean people know about it it's not like a secret and he's apologised for it and he was like it was emotional and I was caught up and stuff everyone's kind of accepted it I am surprised that it, that doesn't get brought up more often because it, when,
1: when it got brought up it got brought up in uh, this is the big thing that Source and Benzino did a massive campaign and they built it up huge like the we got Eminem he is racist listen to this and you listen to it and while there were there were it was racist mm. it wasn't as bad as people were expecting and it was brought up to be and then eminem addressed it yeah. so and eminem was so popular there because you've not i mean i think you're giving people more credit than they than they than they should be given like no one gives a shit if someone's racist no <laughs> one gives a shit if they've beaten up women if they've raped someone as long as they're good at what they do and that's that's the fact that's what scummy people we are like Chris Brown battered, absolutely battered Rihanna with closed fists. Beat the shit out of her. You know what? I used to work with young people and we were trying to get them to write an article about this. And they said she probably deserved it. That came out of the words of a 14-year-old girl because they liked Chris Brown. So don't like... that. Eminem was never going to get done for that because he was popular. And it's embarrassing. Anyway. Mate, I'll give you
0: a... I totally agree with you and I'll give you a relatable example. Anton Deck... He's out there getting pissed up, running people over. No one gives a fuck because it's Anton Deck. And I'm saying Anton Deck because, to to the true cliche, I actually can't remember which one it is. But (laughs) I actually, I quite like Anton Deck. I'm glad he's back on the telly. Yeah, well, this is it, right? This is what I mean. <laughs> so there were a lot of people out there, a lot of like, I don't know, sort of like teenage, young black kids going, oh, this Eminem room, this is this is fucking terrible. It comes out and they go, yeah, but I do like the album though, don't I? So yeah, I'll not let it slide. I'll let it slide.
1: Everyone gets a buy if they're good at what they do. Like footballers. Purple like these. Oh, Anyway, scum. look, doesn't matter.
0: All yeah, right. this us no. scum. Right. Well, so we have a section here normally, right? And I prepared this bearing in mind that we thought T was going to be here. So we'll probably keep this to, um, in your case, Flav we'll maybe just a one sentence answer. But uh, part three is the choice is yours.
2: Chris, okay.
0: And this is basically a choice between two things, um, binary decision making, basically two things. And why? So it could be an album. So we might get you know a couple of different albums, or it could be artists, could be comedians, could be like a sneaker brand, whatever it is, right? And we'll try and keep it relevant as possible to the week of recording. So I thought. Um, MF Doom popped into my head and I thought okay what's related to MF Doom well two producers that you work with are considered to be like two of the kind of greats of all time one we're very lucky that it that still remains active which is Madlib and Madlib's a really interesting one because Madlib now is getting into that bracket of like this guy needs to be in that conversation with the very very best and I still don't hear his name enough in like best producers of all time the guys worked with the fucking like some of the best to do it in the modern era and he's created projects that are like really well respected we're talking before about artistic levels of projects so i'm going to put him up against my favorite producer of all time and the guy who i used an example earlier is someone who's in that space of artists that are kind of like well thought after and well regarded as like genuine musicians which is j diller now they also work together on the j lib project which again is like one of my favorite albums ever if you've never heard j lib go and check it out it's fucking unbelievably amazing um so i'll start with you cal because i imagine you might have maybe a more fleshed out answer if you've, pick, if you've got to pick, if you got to pick, let's uh, let's make this extreme. Let's say that you remember all of the choice. Let's say you you pick madly, right? So all of Dilla's stuff, you remember it. You can never listen to it though. So you're aware that it existed. It's uh-huh. just gone, and everyone it's gone for everyone. So everyone on the planet is denied anything that you know one of them created. So that's the implications of your choice.
2: Go for it, Cal. Talk to me. So, okay. So I, I think for me, I was. I would go with Jay Dilla just because of the the impact that he had on other producers. I think he was very much before his time. Um, I think he he kind of inspired people like you know Kanye and you know other people into in his style of production. Um, and people still talk about him now with such reverence, um, and people still talk about his projects all the time with such reverence that um, I would have to that would have to be my pick. Fair. Um, Flav, I
1: there's me. no chance that I'm going to say anything that will um educate your audiences in any way. Uh, I don't know enough, so I'm just going to abstain. I know, uh, I, yeah, no, I abstain. i fuck knows mate. I don't know.
0: You should just, <laughs> put, you, I mean, I know that you like the Madlib and Freddie Gibbs projects, like band, yeah, I'll pick, I'll pick that then. Penata no. yeah, just it's, pick it's, that, and, and I'll and I'll um then take the deciding vote as <laughs> the third party. Uh, I, I would pick Jay Diller as well. Um, Again, like Madlib and MF Doom, just, just are the fucking amazing artist, just incredible, incredible artist. And Flo, I definitely recommend just listening to as much Jay Dillard as possible. Um, he's I don't know, just so creative. The way that he manipulates samples and uses um like his his craft to just elevate the samples to another level. You know, you, we think of like samples from like RZA and Kanye. It's almost just being like a loop, right? They find a cool bit of a song and they just loop it. What Diller was doing was going to a whole nother level. Um, really good kind of anecdote, I think, for why Diller is, is like such a genius is that most hip hop producers, in fact, I'd say 99 now, will use um, basically a thing quantizing on a um, drum making machine which essentially is like you you play it manually and it will snap all the beats when you're slightly out of time as a human into perfect time so mm-hmm. that your beats always sound perfect. So if you listen to like DMX, like Party Party Up and all that track, right, they're all perfect in terms of where the beats are. Mm-hmm. Diller, when he was making beats, turned that off. No one ever turned it off. Everyone was like, no, you need it because you need it to be on time. He turned it off. And as a result, his beats are like, there's loops and there's samples, but his beats like have this swing of like live instrumentation and it's this beautiful like meld of like this organicness out of this synthetic sampling it's just fucking beautiful like i, I could talk basically all day about the genius of jay diller so definitely um definitely check him out if well you... i'm
1: just looking um i'm just looking at some of the people he's worked with and I, i'm kind of i'm aware of those so like tribal quest and q-tip and far side and stuff like that so yeah
0: probably yeah, good mate i'll, I'll definitely back. definitely give it a go good stuff all right we're now going to go into uh, the final part which is uh, it's the questions it's the, questions. It's the questions,
2: boy it's the
3: questions. It's the questions. come on the questions. it's the questions, boy. it's the, questions. It's the questions, yeah
0: this is where we answer listener questions so we got we've got obviously a lot of doom related questions um so we had a, a question from mf gloom Uh, which is weird because yeah he's a a big fan but he's had that name for ages which is a bit weird uh which is at pontification long time listener of the show always gives us great questions um he's put. i appreciate you guys keeping me sane through another lockdown mate you're very welcome he said do we underrate mf doom as a producer because of his chops as a writer slash mc um cow i think you can take this one mate what what, what do you think I, i i think we do personally
2: i absolutely think we do um and i as i said before i feel like My personal relationship with him is very much him as a producer. And I think that's because of all the collaborative albums that he did, because when he would do these collaborative albums with, you know, Master Ace and Run the Jewels and, you know, Cesar Face, I don't think he did Run the Jewels, it was Cesar Face. He wasn't on there to, to rap. He might, yeah, he did some verses and stuff, but he was there because he was a brilliant producer as well. And yes, I think absolutely that we do underrate him.
0: Yeah, definitely. Right. Especially as like, the projects that he's on with other people, like the Mad Lib, Mad Villainy album, is so well regarded that people just, I think they sort of just assume that he's just a rapper. Off the- I did for ages. I didn't realise that he produced loads of shit.
1: <laughs> I am. Um, all, all I would say, based on his own, his own projects, is that his storytelling using his production and the samples is, is sometimes as impressive as, mm. as, as his ability to um, put words together. Um, and it's completely unique for as far as I can. So, as far as as I've heard, you know, nothing sounds like that. Not the idea, like when he was coming up with this new or this this way that he wanted his career to go, the idea of basing it into, in, in, in sort of some sort of uh, retrospective comic based sort of world and then making it credible in the hip hop community is fucking bizarre it's <laughs> mad and he, and and all and the production is the most bizarre part of it but it's fantastic
0: yeah yeah, yeah mate it's very true and actually um so it's a nice segue into, into the next question um it's actually from Nick Sharp um at Nick M Sharp who is one of the patrons of the fighting cock so big up. big up Nick Sharp um this kind of ties into what you're saying mate about the sort of samples and the skits that uh, doom would use on on his albums he's basically said um how do you feel about skits in albums he's put i've never really liked them much feel they get in the way of the album's flow but wonder if i'm alone in that thought um flab what, what what do you think about skits in albums maybe not just hip hop, just generally uh, uh i mean just uh, that's
1: uh, that's what happens in hip-hop isn't it they, they all mm. well, not all hip-hop you know it seems to the, the hip-hop i when i was most like enamored with the genre when I was a kid and I was like, oh my God, this is fuck. I've got all this stuff to enjoy and all these new artists. And, and there was always skits about, and I would say my favorite skit is pause for porno. Yeah. Um, and, and then the, the club on the 2001 album first. Yes. Bitches. Bitches. Um, i want to go to the bar and get me a drink, please. Um, <laughs> Yeah, mate. They 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 had they had um, they had soul and and uh, and feeling to an album. You know the skits are funny. The f- skits are good. This, you know, if they're there just for the sake of doing them. But like if you think of uh, the early Eminem stuff, the skits were as important as the tracks. Yeah, uh, you know he created characters based on the skits and it added different element. I, I I was fine with them. You know they're always pretty short. You just skip them on if you don't like them.
0: Yeah, I, I've got no problem with skits as long as they're they're done as separate tracks. So like for yeah, yeah, for yeah. the kids, right, for the kids, back in the day on CDs, right, it was quite awkward to be able to just like if, if there was a skit in the middle or the end or the start of a song, Skip along It the Because you're just like fast forwarding back then was a nightmare and like you, you just, it was just fucking dog shit. Um, that is bullshit. If they're separate tracks or separate like individual tracks, then again, also absolutely fine. Dre 2001, you mentioned there, some great skits on there. Some m there's some good skits. Wu-Tang, uh, 36 Chambers, torture motherfuckers, I bang them shits with a rusty nail, all that. It uh, adds- the
1: DMX skits were the best as well, yeah. man. They were just like, they're corny, a bit corny now, but uh, the one, oh man, Pac-Man, that's a great
0: skit. Something this Pac-Man shit. <laughs> <laughs> they're just it's off a... their time, aren't they? They're just off yeah. their time, and and also I think right. they're like they're quite unique to hip hop, Cal. Like they're quite a uh, they're this they're, our thing. It's like skits you don't get them in in many other genres. No, and... you
2: don't. That's a good point actually. You don't. Well, saying that, I don't really listen to any other types of music. So T could probably tell us if I don't know Coldplay do skits and, he's whole... and... yeah, like maybe they do, but no, it is I can't, a very.
1: I can't think of any
2: others really. I can't think of any rock albums that have skits. Yeah, it is a very hip hop thing, isn't it? And I think, yeah. um, I think some of the best ones are when they take kind of excerpts from black black exploitation films and put those in, or even not even just black exploitation films, even just like black black comedies, mm. be it uh, *Coming to America* or um, *Harlem Nights* or some of those films that perhaps you've not seen before, and then you hear this little. 6 second excerpt from it and it's just really really funny but we did a we did a section on skits in the past and on a previous podcast John I think and uh, mm. I I said about mad rapper yeah, yeah. mad rapper is so great we got what's her name from new Russia with a question yeah shay, shay from but new Russia. bitch you would be asking me so questions <laughs> 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 but yeah mad did rapper who, who, who and uh, dj easy dick yeah,
1: <laughs> Jeez, easy, easy, easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This uh, just to talk about a UK rapper that that that, that sampled a film, and um, it, I hadn't seen it, and then and then watched it. Oh, the Skinny Man when he sampled. Yeah. Is it made in England? Is oh that, yeah. Um, with um, Tim Roth. Is it made in England? I don't know. Not
0: I don't sure, know. mate.
1: Uh, but anyway, look, he, he, that he, um, he, he 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 took um, he took these the kind of eighties. 80s, uh, sort of hardcore, sort of racist yeah. guy who was in jail, right. uh, who slowly comes around to 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 uh, seeing the error of his ways. Uh, Borstal, actually, it was, but it's um, it's like that that what's it called the um, fucking thing with Ray Winston when he puts a thing in a oh scum, yeah, it's so that sort of that sort of ilk. But uh, yeah, yeah, for Skinny Man to do that in in a in a sort of um in a in a genre that wouldn't have known about this film.
0: It was quite an interesting take. I thought.
2: When yeah. Bass, when you eventually release your album, it's gonna be like forty percent geezer quotes, isn't it? Just one
0: hundred percent. It'll be Lockstock. Yeah. I'll just I'll do the same thing as Skinny Man. Yeah. But it'll just be loads of governor. Yeah. Hello, my son. Do you yeah. want a lollipop? Yeah. Just stuff like that. And then it'll just like kick in with the track. Um yeah. there's also some good skits on um Kalashnikov's uh, sagas of Kalashnikov. Uh just like lots of old um kind of do know like just jamaican old boys going on rants um which i which i'm all about I'm, I'm here for it um all right well look we've, we've got a couple of other questions that i'll probably save um we had a question which i won't ask i just wanted to push it back to this person so j j b z jared basterfield if you're still listening he asked us thoughts on any australian hip-hop artists that you enjoy now That was quite a presumptuous question because I don't know any Australian hip-hop artists. And that's not me. This is not me firing shots. I don't know any. I genuinely have no idea. So, Jared, can you just tweet us? Tweet us at Notorious P underscore O underscore D and tell us, like, give us, like, a top five best Australian hip-hop artists because we don't know. And I don't like being ignorant um, about lots of things. So it'd be nice to, to hear a bit more about it. So thanks for that. Um, boys, we've got to the end of this episode. Flav again, thanks for stepping in last minute. No worries. Um, I just,
1: it was because it was just the, it was the, the, the the situation meant I had to, because my boy T needed the, needed the, uh, he needed the assistance. And, and if it was anything else, I wouldn't have done it. Like, Ah. But because of the scenario, it was so fantastic that I had to. Yeah. (laughs) Prayers up. Prayers up. I'm not a big, 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 um, uh, um, I don't know anything anywhere near as much as you guys about this, but, um, I I do enjoy talking about it. So if ever you need a, a sub, I'm
0: always ready. mate. it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you very much. Like I said, right at the top of the show. It's just about people being passionate about stuff they like. You don't need to know everything about it. We don't know anything, which is why people always comment on about the lack of research on this pod. And we've decided to embrace it. And um, we've decided to embrace it. Fuck the rap geeks. Fuck the nerd pods. We're scum. We fucking love it. Um, if you want to follow us, um, you can. You can go on our website now, notoriouspod.com. Uh, if you want to get involved, send your music. All the details are on there. How to send your music to us.
2: Uh, you can follow me uh, at the real John Bass on Twitter. Cow, where can people follow you, mate? Uh, at BC the Grand Slam. Just want to say, oh, I want all these Australian rappers out there to start sending in their tracks. Yes. But if the if the song title doesn't have the word dingo in it, then don't fucking bother, mate. <laughs> yeah. I want I want I want someone to
0: listen to this and go, dingo. you fucking what, mate? And release like some sort of pommy disc record. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I know yeah, this. I'll, like I'll a smash massive... your. Yeah. I'll it's smash massive... your fucking in. You can. <laughs>
1: I know there's a there's a massive drill scene in in, 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 in Australia now. No, uh, is uh, it drill and trap? Yeah. Oh wicked. They, yeah, it's like um, yeah, they like uh, they like there's some really re- people that are respected, even by in, in the in the UK scene. I don't know much, but you can tell I'm, I'm well versed in this. <laughs> All right, fuck <laughs> that.
0: I'm off.
3: Yeah, yeah that, peace.
0: Please. Take care. See you for the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Notorious P.O.D., a hip-hop podcast. This was a Hip-Hop Forum episode, so a special thank you to Cal and T for their insight as always. Big up to man like Grindhouse, who's made all the theme music for the show, so please follow him on Twitter and show him some love, at Music Grindhouse, and on Spotify by searching for Grindhouse. That's G-R-I-N-D, house. Please remember to leave us a review, or as we call it, your 5 for 5. So give us a 5-star review, and in return, you can leave us your top 5 favourite MCs of all time. Remember, we'll be adding all the songs mentioned and featured in our episodes on a Spotify playlist, so if you search for The Notorious Podcast Joints, you will find it. If you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at P underscore O underscore D. On Instagram, we're at The NotoriousPOD. And follow me on Insta and Twitter at The Real John Bass. That's J O N B A S S. See you next time.
3: Peace. Peace.